0: Uh, this this journey towards Veritas, and we're going to continue in this series. But before we begin, I'd like to, uh, I think it's important that we begin with God's Word. Tay, if you'd like to, uh, open your Bibles to John, chapter 21, verse 15 to 19. There's also these green slips in your uh, bulletins, if that's helpful, to read it from there. <clears throat> John 21, 15 to 19, it reads, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of, God, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. when When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. The word of God. Today we're going to be talking again about leadership and about a culture of godly leadership. It's important because just as Rick said that all of us are leading in some aspect. Many of you are leading in your homes. Maybe you're leading in the job where you work, leading in your community, leading in this church. In some way, I would say that all of us are leading. But also in another way, we are all being led, being led by people in our church, people in our homes people in our families, we are being led as well. It's interesting, as I was working on this sermon, I realized that there was three parts again to this, um, to this idea of leadership that actually fit a lot with the, the Veritas, or the vitality process that we're on, this journey towards Veritas. That at its root, at its root, good leadership depends on our relationship with Christ. But then also, too, this idea of leadership, or this, our leadership then also has uh, implications in the way that it affects others, the way that we actually lead other people. So it's, it's, it has this vertical element, it has this horizontal element, but then it has this missional element as well, that we are leading for a purpose, that we're leading somewhere as well. This morning I wanted to say that, that a biblical leader loves Jesus. A good leader loves Christ. Like everything else, it's centered on our relationship with Jesus. Hopefully you're hearing this. You've maybe heard this a few times now in these last few weeks, that everything depends on our relationship with Jesus. Hopefully you're picking up that pattern. If we are healthy in our relationship with Jesus, I believe we will be healthier as leaders. I'm convinced of it. Good leadership flows out of our relationship with Jesus. Now I want to take a moment here just to talk about good, maybe versus profitable or successful, because sometimes good leadership doesn't look so profitable. Sometimes good leadership may not look so successful compared to how the world uh, evaluates success or would would value success. I start thinking about this, and I think about Peter who's here and and Jesus has spoken these words to. You see, Peter, just before this passage, he was in a boat fishing. And just before that, he was talking with his disciple, or with his other friends, his disciples of Jesus. He said, I'm going fishing. Now, normally this isn't such a big deal. Going fishing, there's nothing really wrong with that. Actually, I kind of like fishing. But it's the fact that Jesus has already died and rose again and appeared to the disciples a few times. And yet, Peter still says, I'm going fishing. And I hear in this, I hear Peter, this, I'm wondering if he has the right relationship with Jesus at this point. You know, previous to this, Peter has denied Jesus three times. When Jesus was going to the cross, this woman asked him, and this crowd asked him three times, Are you with this man? And Peter said, No, I don't even know who you're talking about. Three times, Jesus, or Peter, this trusted disciple, refused and he denied Jesus. We see all this happening and we see out of this then Peter says I'm going fishing. And then when he finally sits down with Jesus, Jesus asks him, "Peter, do you love me?" He doesn't just ask him once, he asks him three times. I see a connection here with the three times he denied him and the three times that Jesus asked him if he loved, if you loved me. Restoring Peter one for one for his denial of Jesus. But I think it's partly out of his wrong relationship or the relationship was not quite right yet that Peter went this, I would say in this case, the wrong direction. Rather than leading the disciples again out into ministry, he said, let's go fishing. I'm not sure what else to do. Let's go fishing. But it's also interesting as I listened to Jesus talking to, to Peter and I listened to his qualifications for Peter. What were the qualifications that he asked? Did he ask Jesus... I did Jesus ask Peter, do you have a plan? Do you have a great and elaborate strategy for how to make this church from a few people to millions of people, to billions of people? Do you have a plan? No, Jesus didn't ask him that. He didn't ask Peter, do you have the right skill set? Do you have the skills we're looking for? The know-how and the experience didn't ask him that either. No, he asked Jesus, do you, or, so he asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? More than everything else? Again, it comes back to the relationship. This relationship with Christ. The good leadership comes out of, good leader, uh, out of a good relationship with Jesus. See, the temptation is, is as we become more powerful, especially as leaders, is to abuse that power. There's a lot of temptation there, and so we need to remain close to Jesus, to continue leading well. But as leaders, we don't begin to use that power, like Rick said, for our own sake. But rather, we use the, the responsibility that people have given us, the trust that people have given us, to be a blessing to them, to lead them in a good direction. I think we do this, like we remain close to, to Jesus as we we've often talk about it in terms of reading God's word. And I'm not just talking about reading it for information. I mean, that's good to know things about the biblical story. But also reading it for transformation, that we're listening to the word of God. That we find ourselves at one point sitting above the word, reading it. And at the same time, we realize that the word is above us, reading us as well. That the word of God begins to speak into our lives and we listen for it. We listen for God to speak through his word. But we also grow closer to Christ through reflection, through spending time with him. Spending time with him in prayer. Quietly praying. You know, sometimes, And it's good to go through the things that are on our mind, the things that we're working through. But also to hear God speaking to us, to pray quietly and to listen. And to, at times when we need to, to repent, to ask God for his forgiveness for the ways that we haven't led well. Or may we have let our selfishness get in the way of our leadership. At these moments, too, we need to repent. We need to ask God for his forgiveness. And then in the times when it's it's right, we need to go ask those people as well for their forgiveness. These things keep drawing us back closer to Jesus. They keep us in a good relationship with him. You see, great leaders love Christ. They they, They know about him, but more than that, they know him. They're in a relationship with him. It changes who they are from the inside out. A healthy relationship with Jesus works out into healthy leadership. A great leader is someone who is in a good relationship with Christ. Biblical leaders also shepherd, or they guide people. They care for people. Leadership is about people. It's people-oriented. see, it's interesting here is because Jesus says, Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. And I think that's interesting is the first thing is that he says, Feed my sheep. For us in the church, this is an important part. That these people are God's people. That you people are God's people. That the people that you lead are God's people. That we have a responsibility to Christ for them. You notice that Jesus doesn't say, Peter, feed your sheep. These people belong to you now. He doesn't say that. No, people, are still, people still belong to God. That We have this responsibility to them for the sake of God. We have this responsibility to care for them as Jesus would care for them. As Christ cares for people. So much so that he laid down his life for people. We're responsible to Christ for their care. He says, "Feed my sheep and guide my sheep." It's interesting. I was talking with this uh, guy who's uh, a pastor in a church, and I was a few years ago visiting, and I was, I was actually kind of surprised. After the service, I was talking with him, and it's this church that had been struggling for a long time, and he was sort of new and just kind of come in, and I, and I asked him about it. and I had, "How are things going?" He said, "Oh, you know, it's not going so great, but I'm going to get this place whipped into shape. I'm going to." We're going to get all these people going. All these people have just been sitting around. I'm going to get them going. And I I caught myself thinking, like, do you even love these people? Do you even love this church? Because for him, the church was more than the people. It was something almost uh, separated from the people. It was about the stuff the churches were doing, or about the size of the church. And that was totally different than the people. And sometimes I hear it, even pastors falling into that. But also too leaders in businesses, leaders in the community, who get so focused on their goals that they start to forget about the people. The people who will get them to the goal. The people who are crucial to the goal. I mean you can imagine, I mean, just think about it in terms of just a church. How good would it be for a church to be really powerful or really great if there were no people in it? It'd be horrible. It'd be completely miss the point. See, I think of this, if you love Jesus, then you will love the church. I know that can be hard sometimes. (laughs) I know how imperfect we are, how we still step on each other, how we still say things that wound each other. Because sometimes it can be hard to love the church. But if we are in a right relationship with Jesus, we will love the church. We will want to feed and to guide the church. As leaders, we will want to feed and to guide each other, to care for each other. I think the shepherd is a great image because first it talks about or it has this idea of trust that includes this notion of trust that leadership relies on trust. That leaders trust the people they're leading. And that the people who lead, they trust their leaders in the direction that God has called them. It's so important of trust. It's interesting, this idea of shepherd, it, Jesus talked about it in another place. He said, the sheep know my voice. If they hear the voice of a stranger, they'll run, but they follow me because they know my voice. The sheep know because they trust. The people follow Christ because they trust him. People follow good leadership because they trust him. That the leaders aren't leading for their own sake, but for the sake of the people. Another interesting thing is sacrifice. That a shepherd sacrifices himself or herself for the sake of the sheep, for the sake of people. Jesus was talking about the Good Shepherd. He said, I am the Good Shepherd. He says, I am the Good Shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Included in this image of Shepherd is sacrifice, just as Rick was talking about. That as leaders, we care for people even above ourselves. But also with this image of Shepherd comes servant as well. This idea of servant leadership. The more faithful you are as a leader, the more faithfully you serve. Feeding people, caring for people. Not saying whip people into shape. Maybe sometimes speaking the truth in love, but not whipping. To serve each other. Leaders to serve those who are being followed. As a great leader, we're called to be a shepherd all of you are leaders called to care for people, called to guide people. you are also called to, to, uh, to work out trust, to build trust with each other, to sacrifice for the sake of others and to serve people, even above yourself. The other thing, too, is I'm realizing as I was working through this passage is that a great leader, a great leader is a follower. Did you catch that? A great leader is a is a follower, following God's direction, submitting to Jesus above everything else. See, it's very important that a leader is a follower. It can be sort of ironic. Sometimes we don't think like that. I think, who do leaders follow? I say good leaders follow Christ. It's interesting because we think about Peter. What were his qualifications for this job, this leadership role that Christ is giving him? I can't think of many. I mean, he's loud. He speaks out of turn. He denied Jesus three times. If anything, if anything that, that Peter was the, the top of his class in, it was sin. He was the chief among sinners. And yet God still called him to lead. Jesus still worked in him to lead. By submitting to Christ, by coming under the leadership of Jesus, then we're able to lead well. As leaders, we are. it is good for us to remember that we are followers. We are followers of Christ. It's interesting because sometimes I struggle with this idea or with the, the typical idea of leader. And I have these two images. One is that our, our community or our culture talks about leader as this, this, usually a guy, but a guy or a woman at the front of the ship, chest out, hands on their hips, kind of looking that thousand-yard gaze into the horizon. This person who has vision, who, who knows what things need to be done and gets them done, and, and does it. But it's interesting, as I think about this biblical idea of leader. And you know who I see? I see the person in the radio room, hunched over the desk, listening, making sure that they hear, hear the coordinates, hear the direction. I think the biblical model of leadership challenges a worldly view of leadership. Not so much are leaders out there setting direction, vision, what they think ought to be best, but in the the biblical model, great leaders are at first great listeners. Listening to Christ, listening to the Spirit, listening to God's direction, because there are lots of good directions that leaders can lead, but the best direction is the one that they sense God calling them to. As leaders, we are listeners. We are followers first. Great leaders follow where Jesus is leading. It's not just so much that we lead and, 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 and kind of organize things, but we actually lead in the direction that God is calling us. That we continue to discern God's direction. This discernment has has an act of listening to it, of listening to God's direction, and then using our wisdom to follow it. Discern has these two parts. And we faithfully follow Christ, even when it may look the wrong way. It's interesting, as I think about the letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. and He says, this gospel is foolishness to the Greeks. The stuff that we do, the ways that we give of ourselves and sacrifice for others, people think it's crazy. Like, no way that the organization is going to survive or succeed by all these things it seems to do to to blow itself apart. But it's God's way. It's the way that Christ would have us lead. A great leader is also a follower. A great leader is also a disciple. Before he's a leader, he's a disciple. Before she's a leader, she's a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Jesus a follower of God's direction. This morning, I pray that you hear God's Spirit speaking to you. I pray that you hear God's Spirit speaking to you about this importance, that as a good leader, our relationship with Jesus is essential. It's foundational to leading well. He's the one who will change our heart and shape our character to make us a person worth following. But I also pray that you hear in our church that it's important that as leaders that we are following Jesus that as a church, the best way for us to go is the direction that Christ is going. That for all the ideas that we may have as leaders, maybe as the spiritual life team or as pastors, for all the ideas that people may have, as good as those may be, the best direction for us is the direction that Christ is going. We are a church. I would say that we are a people committed to the direction of Jesus. We are a people committed to the vision that God has set. We are a people committed to the mission that Christ is already involved in in our community and in our world. As a church, we are a people committed to following Christ. That's how we lead. We lead by following him. Amen.